Jess Corcoran. And I'm Laura McCann. Welcome to the Thriving While Nine to Fiving podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to series two of the podcast. Woo! I'm sure you've been crying yourself to sleep every single night over the summer while we've not been releasing new episodes. But we needed a break. We needed to let life happen. Um, so, yeah, like we're really excited to be here for a second series. Thank you to everyone that's listened so far and left us a review. Um, yeah, it's really great to be back. Um, you know, pretty similar format. We'll hopefully have a few more guests this series there because I know that proved very popular. Um, if you've got any people that you'd like us to um, speak to or any topics, please remember that you can always drop us a message on Instagram or you can email me at jess at thrivingwell95.com because I bought a domain um, and you can email Laura to the same email address, but obviously it's Laura instead of Jess. Um, so yeah, let's kick things off with a little catch up, Laura. So like, you know, how's like, is it two months? How's like the last, you know, maybe two and a half months been for you? I can't believe it's been that long. I know, it's been mad. Um, yeah, it's been great. Do you know what? It, it, it has just been mental. I feel like as soon as it, the lo- like the lockdown started to lift and that kind of thing, like everybody was having a birthday, mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, I've had a wedding, I've had an engagement party, like one of my friends had a baby, like, you know, life really has just happened again, mm. which has been fantastic. We've had lots of sunshine as well. Mm-hmm. Like it has been a bit of a British summer, but you know, we've been able to get out and enjoy it and feel safe in doing that, which is all really, really important. Um, and then, yeah, like me as a person, I haven't managed to do any big holidays, which is always going to make me sad. But, you know, it's for the right reasons. We will get there. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have done that is big, though, is I bought a car. Um, and like, so basically, I wasn't necessarily going to actively mention this, but then I explained her name and Jess was like, no, you've got to tell people. So here's the story of Pepper, my car. Um She's called Peppa because she's a polo. So it's like Peppa Polo. I had a polo previously and he was called Marco because like Marco Polo, which is the ultimate name for a polo. Yeah. So I was like, well, we can't just do like Marco Point Hill, but... No, no. New identity. It also has to be like as good, like as brilliant a name as Marco. Mm-hmm. And also, but then she also feels like a girl. I can't explain this, but Marco was a boy, Pepper is a girl. And that's I just, get it. You just get the is. vibe, don't you? It's just a vibe. You just know, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's she's a little green polo. Um and she she's quite old and you can tell she's quite old, but the man in the garage is currently looking after her. Um so she'll be fine and we'll get we'll, we'll get she's it. in we'll daycare. Get, yeah, we'll get what we need out of her. And, you know, if she gets me from A to B, we're fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's called Pepper. Um, as a suggestion of one of my friend's dads, but we've got a lot of connections to it. So, black pepper gives your food a bit of a kick, initial flavour. Mm-hmm. She needs a bit of a kick sometimes. Um, you get green peppers. Like, they are a thing. Mm-hmm. And then also, Pepper Pig is a moody little bitch. And my car takes after a mother and can be a movie <laughs> I was going to make so. that joke, but you made it for me, Laura. <laughs> I got in there quick. I love it, I um, love it. Yeah. So, yeah, but do you know what? It has actually been so fun because like, I was able to, like, I drove down to the South Coast and so, because I haven't actually spent a lot of time around the South East other than London. Um, Why so would you? Got yeah. to go, 
well, yeah, exactly. You've got the northwest. Why would you go southeast? Exactly. Um, but so yeah, I got to go out to like um Brighton and Eastbourne and Hastings. That was just it was just cool to have some me time and like the car. Just I love having a car, even though it's probably mental to have one in London. Just that freedom side of it. If I want to go somewhere, I've got a means to do it, and I can just go, and I love it. When yeah. you were on the south coast, did you feel like you were in Angus Tongs and Perfect Snoggin? The film. Yeah, I was dreaming of a boy with hair in his eyes singing me a song. <laughs> and looking for Olive costumes. Oh, Olive! Why, Georgia, why are your legs orange? They look like <laughs> giant cheesy puffs! <laughs> such a, like, such a bad film. Such a bad film. But oh, at the time, horrific. so relatable. And that's what makes me cringe. Like, we all hated Slaggy Lindsay for no reason. I know, yeah. Like, like, we yeah. need a justice for Slaggy Lindsay, like, justice campaign. For Slaggy... Yeah, Honestly. oh my gosh. So true. Like, so true. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Oh, yeah. It's like, justice, justice for Slaggy Lindsay. I'm going to put that on Instagram this <laughs> Are you gonna hashtag this episode? Yeah, sla- hashtag. Sl- you got it. Justice for Slaggy Lindsay. I kind of forgot what I was saying then. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway. Back to that. Anger songs and perfect snogging. Me, you know, chat. Yeah. What a film. What a film. But yeah. How was how was your summer, Jess? Um, my summer was. Do you know what? Like, so um, my nan died um about a month ago, um. But you know what? Like, I'm in a really good place. And that probably sounds weird. I was saying this to, like, loads of people have checked in on me and checking I'm okay. And, like, I really appreciate that. And I think people think I'm lying when I say that I'm doing okay. Because I think this is the time when people expect you to fall apart. But I feel like I fell apart a lot previously and probably no one's really known or realised or whatever. Um, I've done a lot of, like, self-work in the past year to get myself to a good place so actually although like that's really it's obviously really sad and I miss my aunt so much and you know yeah um like I'm I'm genuinely in a really good place about it and so like you know I spent a lot of I spent when you think about the summer holidays like that six week period I basically spent the like the first two weeks of that in the hospital with my nan and then I spent August sort of like um I suppose like grieving that and organizing the funeral and stuff like that so i feel like i've kind of missed summer in that traditional sense if that makes sense yeah um but like i'm good like i've got a new job if anyone couldn't guess from the last episode of series 12 when we were like how do you know when it's time to leave your job <laughs> well i already knew um um to be honest on that perspective obviously i'm saying like i'm in a good place in terms of like my nan and stuff like that but also like i'm in a good place mentally with my new job and like i just feel like a different person to the person that like i was sat here like when we did the last recording just like the change in workplace has been so good for me i really do feel like a different person like i went on holiday in may and i found out that i got that job that the day we went on holiday the night before my birthday and I went to Port Maddox which is my favorite place in the world um and it was like I knew I got that job I turned another year older and I felt like I came back genuinely like a different person like I had a reset of like not just like you know from like coronavirus and being at home for like however many months but also with like knowing I had a new job and I felt like I just entered a different phase of life and I feel like I feel like a different person. I don't know if people like can tell that or whatever, but I feel like a new person. 
and yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, can you? Well, I'm like, I'm so into it, basically. Um, you just seem so less burdened. I think that's the thing. Like, there was just sort of like a heaviness to how you were going through things and like yeah. obviously you know it was all very necessary for like that season of your life but it definitely feels like you've moved into a, a different season now in in the best way and that's I'm so happy for you yeah I feel like the biggest thing for me is that um like I think this is a thing for like corporate culture um is that like I hadn't, when you're in a, like I've worked in other places before, but when you like work somewhere for a while, you kind of forget what it feels like to work somewhere else. And I didn't realise how abnormal it was to feel that anxious all the time. Yeah. And I mean like every day, like every time an email had come through, like every time there was a call or a situation, like I just felt anxious all the time. And now I don't really feel anxious um and I think I've realized that 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 where my old workplace is definitely the right organization for some people but it wasn't the right organization for me and I want to encourage anyone to like if you feel a certain way like you don't have to stay like there are other there are other places and you'll find somewhere that fits you and I feel like you know where my new like you know where I work now it's work nowhere's ever going to be perfect because you know that that's the reality of life but it feels more aligned to me and I think that's the difference, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's incredible. Like, that's all you can really hope for, isn't it? It's like, it's literally living a, a life aligned to your best self. And so if you've achieved a major element of that, like, ah, yeah. I'm exactly. so happy for you. Woohoo! Season two is a new season of life. <laughs> no, that's incredible. Um, Okay, so fantastic. Going from, yeah. Going from those sort of catch up, like round up of, of where we've been at and whatnot, moving on to our classic segment of shredding time. Um, so, yeah, I have one that I think I speak for both Jess and I on this one, and I imagine a lot of other people do, to be honest. And, you know, we can bitch and moan about it, and we talked about four day weeks and stuff like that. So, we're not going to have the whole discussion. We're literally just going to stick it in the shredder because it's nonsense, and then we're going to move on. Um, but I'm going to put in the fact that we don't get academic holidays. As soon Tell as you leave school, uh, as soon as you leave education, right, unless you go back into it as a teacher, but even then they've still got to work their asses off over holidays and stuff, you do not get the cumulative, like, 12 weeks off ever again, and it's nonsense. I agree. Like, yeah. shall I just say, I agree. Yeah. You Short agree? and sweet. It's shit. It's in the shredder. How are people supposed to look after the kids and have a la- and have fun and then go on all day? Stupid. Let's all have academic leave. Yeah, done. Yeah, mm. literally. And if it's like, oh, but he's gonna open the shops. He's gonna like do health care. Oh, we'll stuff. make just it work. It we just will hire the pe- There are enough people out of work that would fill in those times. Just and make everybody a seasonal workout. We only ever have to work six months out of the year, and then everyone goes on holiday, and you alternate your six months. <gasps> Sorted. Stop it, Laura. Doesn't that sound so good? Doesn't it? <gasps> Imagine that. Right, we're speaking it into existence. Everyone get on the vibe. We're going to make it happen. That is the actual dream. When we rule the world. That's what ice cream people do, though, you know? Like, they make all the money in the summer and then they just chill out the rest of the year. Yeah. 
actual goals. Actual goals. Hashtag justice for Slaggy Lindsay and let's be ice cream people. Sorted. I'll buy a van. Great, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> This week, uh, Jess and I are really, really glad that we have got a guest with us. Super exciting to talk to somebody who knows about things even better than we could even dream of. Um, This is somebody that we both went to school with and they have a really individual take on identity in the workplace. So Jason, I'm going to hand over to you to expand a bit more on that and then we'll get straight into having a chat about it. Yeah, great. Um, thanks for having me guys that was that was a pretty nice intro um so yeah so I'm Jace I have the unique perspective as you were saying because I am a trans man so I transitioned in my current workplace so I've been there for about eight years so I had the perspective I've got the perspective of being seen as female in the workplace and now obviously being seen as male in the workplace so yeah but no, brilliant. And like that is, yeah, it is exactly why we wanted to have a chat about this with you, because obviously that is not something that everybody goes through or anything like that. And for many of us, we would never even work with somebody who was going through that. So I think as we have a chat, it'll be really great to hear your key experiences, but also at any moment you think you've got some advice for how we can be good colleagues in such a situation. Like, you know, we're here to learn. I'm sure everybody listening to this is too. Um. So just to yeah, kick off then, can you give us some examples of like where you've noticed any particular differences in the way that you're treated between now um, as you've transitioned compared to beforehand? Yeah, so I think the first one is that I get asked to lift the heavy stuff now, which Gosh. is completely ridiculous. Of course she did. So we get a lot of donations, so just for, honestly perspective of you for your audience I work with dogs so I work in a charity that deals with obviously a lot of different dogs best and things dog. like that I mean I just said best dog ever I meant to say best job ever but I got confused <laughs> best job ever sorry I'll let you carry on it's been a long day um so we get a lot of donations and stuff like that some just like bedding some's quite heavy things so yeah I've got the radio to go over to the van because we just had a really big donation and the other three people that were asked to go and help were all male and it's like I know for a fact that there are females in that workplace that are a lot stronger than I am you know I, I did it I didn't turn into like he-man overnight like I'm, not <laughs> a, I'm, I'm a slim guy like yes am I a little bit stronger than I was like four years ago yes but I'm still not like like I said I've, I've not like turned into a bloody he-man overnight so I don't really know what she thought I was going to be able to do now but that's just a little bit insane that's so ridiculous because you literally as you say as well it's like obviously there are there are men who are stronger than women but then there are women who are stronger than men like it should just shouldn't matter like if you need a hand why don't you just turn around to everybody available and go who's up for helping me and then people can like decide for themselves like it's it's just, it's one of the what is it like internalized misogyny? That's the word, isn't it? Like, and the thing is, it was it was a female manager that asked me to go and help, and it was like, okay, so I'm putting this sofa in this kennel, and we're we're predominantly like ninety percent of our workplace is female. She's like, who do you think is moving that couch around the kennel? Yeah, like, it's probably one woman on her own that is then moving that couch around to clean the like fair and bits of toys that are underneath it. Like, 
we're all like they're all perfectly capable of, like i think like our maintenance man he used to be a bodybuilder he like he's quite a big he's, he's a big bloke but then there's a guy that she got to help that's slimmer and has a slimmer build than me and it's like there are definitely women that are stronger than both of us probably both of us put together to be fair like we're, <laughs> we're like flinging these things around all day and you know we're like walking 30 40 kilo dogs like we are more they're more than capable of taking a couch to one side of the center to the other like, yeah, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous i mean obviously i helped but that's not the point like yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy that isn't it that it's still so like it's so ingrained in everyone to just assume that things like that and i reckon we're all probably guilty in some respect of doing stuff like that that's related to gender in some way like expecting certain things and like so this this is like a real life example so people who are listening to this will know so <laughs> married to first sight uk has been on recently right and basically it's a spoiler for anyone's not not seeing it but um the, there was a couple and then like the two people from different couples like kissed and they shouldn't they shouldn't have kissed and all this and then the guy left the competition and then I've been watching it along with people on Twitter and I've been thinking oh my gosh like can't believe that girl like the way she's behaved like blah 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 and she's been getting a lot of like abuse for it on social media obviously that's that's not me but I mean like I have been thinking like oh like I don't think that's right like I feel dead sorry for this man and then someone said but what about the man that's left the comp like he's not getting any of the, the slack for it i mean the stick even um and then i was thinking like sometimes it takes another person to make you understand actually like the way your attitude is to like men and women is wrong but it's so ingrained in us that like i was just letting myself think oh i can't believe the way this girl behaved when actually like it was a two people problem Takes anyway. two to tango real life married a first sight example but i think it's relevant for the situation yeah yeah no I well I think like even I do it like there was like an upsetting like moment in work and I was just like okay I've got to like hold it together and like then went to the toilet and cried and it was like that's like that's completely ridiculous because yeah. men can 100% cry but I was like no I need to be manly and and not cry and like that's it's just completely that's like absolutely nice. ridiculous just to but yeah no I think I think we all do it and even obviously especially wanting to be seen as male I try and fit to the stereotypes I mean not so much now I've got like a beard and stuff like that but I think very much early on in my like in my transition I was very much like I need to stick to these stereotypes so people don't misgender me and see me as female and I need to be like all manly on the phone and like try and like deepen my voice and ridiculous stuff like that and yeah it is just it is a little bit insane that even the people that try not to stick to these stereotypes and try not to be misogynistic and try to have various different views, it is still some things play still play a part. Like my role in the house is to take the bins out. Like yeah. you know, stupid stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. That no, but I think that that's really interesting though as well. Like you saying as you transition that you kind of went with those stereotypes even more. Cause like you would think that somebody like I would always try and well I would always try and look at it as like labels don't matter like I honestly just dream of a world where like labels aren't a thing because like I I just don't think we should care like I don't think I think what a, a person is about is their character so it's like you know 
are you kind? Are you helpful? Do you do X, Y, and Z? Whereas like you're touching on there that actually when we come out to society, it is also about, okay, and and what do you identify as? Like, who are you sleeping with? What like gender have you got written on your passport? Like da 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 and it it boggles my mind that we're bothered. I feel like there's still I feel like it's where society's come from a place, isn't it? Like in terms of like there's so much like society is structured in such a certain way that it's it it's deemed so important yeah but i think that's the way like i think it's the way everything's been set up hasn't it since like the dawn of time and people can't seem to get into the heads that like what was like right then isn't right now but also i don't think it was ever right then i just think the way like shame and like class and all these different elements of like made it that we've all had to feel like we've had to hide who we really are when actually, yeah like there's always been like stuff and i don't just mean like i mean that anything that doesn't fit with the stereotypical mold that's always been going on since the dawn of time we've just never been in a, a place where like people can publicly talk about it and feel accepted for who they are when yeah we yeah all, we-, we should all feel accepted shouldn't we and exactly who we are for our character and and i suppose the labels that we want to choose to like identify with yeah like we've all been forcing ourselves into the boxes on a form when really we should just be having forms that are us if we need them at all like mad have you found sort of on touching on that then like any moments where now as a man and you see like a woman being mistreated do you feel the need to like stand up in in those sorts of ways and like kind of being on that side of the coin I think I think yes and no because I think lockdown has been a massive part of this because you know I haven't been out and seen like sleazy men hitting on women that clearly just want to have a night out with like their friends I haven't like seen any of that because obviously you know covid and all that kind of stuff um but I think I've always been that person though who's been on like a night out and their mates have been pulled by another guy and I'm like mm, get your hands off you know I've been everybody's boyfriend at some <laughs> point um <laughs> like every one of my mates have been their boyfriend at some point on a night yeah. out I think at one night I was everybody's boyfriend <laughs> just, um, just a collective <laughs> boyfriend for the group yeah. um, uh, like you laugh at how shite you've got to do that like yeah, yeah I've been exactly. like squared up to in um in a in a club in the city center i've been squared up to and had to and like i wanted to punch him in the face because he was just wouldn't take no for an answer and he went to like well who he clearly saw as the prettiest girl and you seen like her be like fuck off and then like move on to like each of my mates and we'd pull them across the other side and pull them across the other side and i was like you just go away so i think it's, it's awful because how society will react to a man when a man goes no no they're like oh yeah okay that's fine however when a woman's like no no they're like mm, yeah but it's like that's it's not okay yeah honestly it's, it's so annoying yeah like you can turn around and go no and they'll be like oh no go on then whereas if you turn around and go no i have a boyfriend they're like oh another man has already claimed you i will step back then it's like yeah why are you so, so asked about men? Like, I'm not that bothered about that. <laughs> honestly, honestly. 
Mm. It just frustrates me. The whole thing just frustrates me. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with it. It's just shocking. Yeah. But I suppose coming back to like a work point of view, have you found your employers supportive through the whole process? Yeah, 100%. So if, as new new staff members have arrived and old staff members have left, now the amount of people that don't know I'm trans is dramatically shifting. Yeah. Um, because obviously at one point everybody knew. Um, well, generally they've been absolutely amazing. You know, m- my boss didn't have a clue what she was doing, um, but was very much like, if you have any problems, come to me. I mean, I remember her saying, oh, you're going to need to have thick skin because people are going to joke. And it was like, mm, that's not really okay, but yeah. mm, okay. Um, but then when there was a kind of like an issue because people didn't want gender neutral toilets, don't, don't even, no, don't even know what to say about that. Um, she pulled me in. Yeah, they were arguing over Facebook about it and I didn't get involved. It wasn't about me. So I was like, no, no, as soon as I get involved, it becomes about me. And, and that's not what this is about. You know, it's it, one, it's the public toilets. It's not staff room toilets. And two, it's, it's bigger than me. But also, do they not realise that like, their own home or like any home they ever go into it's gender neutral toilets like do you know what i mean like the, the, i've never thought about that before but that's so true like the bare bones basics of it is like i don't want to share a toilet with the opposite gender you do it in your house you do it every time you go to your mate's house whether you've met the fella or not you might have pissed on that seat like i've never <laughs> thought about that before how dumb is it that now that you have how dumb is it it makes it even more dumb that people wouldn't want to yeah. have. Well, I'm shocked. <laughs> Why have I never realised <laughs> that before? I've just never thought about it. But now you say it. Yeah. Yeah, I think like the thing was the general public are minging and like yes, cis men. I don't understand why they can't aim in a toilet bowl. Like I just don't get it. So I do. I do understand like men's toilets stink, but at the same time staff room toilets we've got one toilet you know like you're sharing with men as well so I like I I understood what they were saying but at the same time like it was absolutely ridiculous um they didn't end up changing it but like I don't care I'll be wherever um but the manager did pull me and was very much like has anybody said anything to you and thank you for not getting involved and I was like well and basically said exactly what I said you know it wasn't about me but she was like have you had any problems because this isn't okay and I was like no no like everyone's been great and everyone has and I I know there are so many people that would just be like "Mm, I'm sorry you've said what to him if like they did so generally my workplace have been amazing and so I haven't had any issues I know how very lucky I am as well him for that yeah no head offs are shocking but (laughs) my workplace individually is is the get there a crazy bunch but yeah no they're definitely 100% supportive that's mad though like you're saying their head office can be shocking because then it's like that's not a a whole company policy then is it really like if you happen to work at a different branch like purely by chance you could not be getting looked after in the way that you are now and the way that you should be and that's mental yeah so we don't have any trans policies which is insane um so my fiance works at the same place and she is part of a diversity and inclusion group that are working on a bunch of variety of stuff and they've got kind of like side groups that are working on like menopause stuff and things like that so they are trying to make a lot of change and she is 
basically coming up with guidelines. So they're not policies, they're guidelines. Yeah. Um, so she's trying to kind of like slide it in and we've been like reading a bunch of different stuff and um, she's obviously been asking for my opinions on certain things um, from like a training behaviour point of view as well because she doesn't, she doesn't actually work with the dogs so she was looking from a kind of like a behaviour point of view from the dogs as well yeah. just to kind of put that in. Um, so hopefully we're going to have something but very much I know that there's a trans person in another branch that has just had a completely different experience from me and it's just crazy so sad. his his experience was different from mine and obviously it's, it's kind of a little bit heartbreaking as well that during such a crucial stage of yeah. his kind of journey he's being almost shot down a little bit and yeah it, it's it's a bit rubbish really but hopefully it'll start to kind of change but we are very much kind of stuck in a it's stuck in a little bit of a rut but yeah hopefully things are going to start to change we've got a a new kind of head guy um he's he seems to be all for um right. progressing and change and really getting proper stuff in place um, and he's actually sent a letter to my fiance basically thanking her for her hard work which is oh, obviously really so nice. nice isn't it it's so encouraging as well seeing that actually this top guy wants to do something so hopefully yeah. it is going to happen um, it's just a unfortunately a matter of time how long it's going to take is definitely not yeah. helpful for the poor guy that's trying to start his life but hopefully it'll get sorted how do you feel like in yourself sort of having to be like the trailblazer and having yeah. to be the person that stands up and goes this is how you do it and that's how you do it like do you mind that you get put on that pedestal or do you just kind of want to get your head down and do your journey without the attention I think I'm not so much definitely in kind of our organization I do I'm not the first one um yeah. thankfully yeah <laughs> that would have, that would have yeah. definitely been even worse <laughs> yeah um, but definitely in my in my branch, I was in the trans guy that's just started. So I got all the questions that you're not supposed to ask people. Um, yeah. So I yeah. did a lot of educating. But I think because like I I knew I was trans from kind of like 17, 18. Um, mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of time kind of like, you know, sitting and watching guys on YouTube and watching all these documentaries. And so I, I wasn't kind of new to the community yeah um so when people were asking questions I would very much be like I will answer from an educational point of view however you should not ask this question because this this and this yeah and so especially after I had top surgery and came back and people were asking oh what's next and it's like none of your business that's so vile unless you're my doctor or I'm sleeping with you doesn't matter and you're neither of those things so doesn't really matter so I, I would be like well this is this is what I'm choosing next and you know this is why and these are the options and with this you get this and with this you get that and this is why people might choose to do it this is why people might not choose to do it um yeah yeah this is what I'm doing but don't just go around asking people that like that's not okay um even though just because you've known me for like seven or eight years doesn't mean you can ask me that question that's not okay I just don't know why people are interested though like that's what no one's privates look the same whether you're male yeah. female or trans everybody looks different so you're not asking what your what, what like that guy's penis looks like why why are you asking what like you know yeah it just doesn't happen you don't walk up to someone and be like how long's your foreskin like it's not something that happens you know <laughs> yeah like exactly it's just so intrusive and like so personal and like i feel like people think that they have they have ownership of like 
certain subject matter. I don't know if you found this, but like, um, I always find like I'm not being trans is not con- controversial, but it's a controversial subject to some people. And I always find when you talk to people about controversial subjects, there's always someone that it, the subject isn't related to, but they've always got to stick like a negative angle, and they've always got to ask these questions, and they've always got to like, like bring bring the situation almost like back to them and I'm like it's nothing to actually do with you but you've always got to put it back to them do you know what I mean I just find it frustrating that it's great that like you're able to educate people and you feel comfortable to do so but you shouldn't have to put up with other people's like ignorance and like intrusive behavior I think like the thing that riles me up the most when someone confides in somebody about something whether it's this or um you know sexuality or just something completely unrelated to any form of identification that they feel like they have to compare it to something they're going through so I had someone who was a friend and a colleague and when I came out to them basically said about how she didn't really feel like she was very feminine and this and that and how she wanted to do this and she wanted to do that and basically kind of implying like she was almost trans to the point that somebody actually said oh well when you're done like do you have any binders that would fit her and it was like what and she's not trans she's like she's still... a tomboy by the sounds of it who loves a bit of attention yeah it was just like why this isn't about you like this is a really great thing that I felt like I've can now tell you this thing about me why do you have to make it about you it's not about you <laughs> that's so bad it's hard isn't it because I get it like sometimes you want to help people feel supported by saying like I've been through the same situation or similar, like, I understand, but there's a time when someone's worked hard, like, they've got to a place and it's a big deal for them. Like, you just have to be be silent just for a minute and let them, like, let them speak their truth because it's not an easy thing. But, yeah, people always have to bring it back to themselves, don't they? Like, it's different if she'd have, like, seriously thought that she was trans. Obviously, that would have been completely different because another friend and um, the guy that is actually working with us now like I've been friends with him since I've pretty much I've been working there um, and he was very much speaking to me when like he came out at the beginning of the year and he was chatting to me and stuff and he did say you know I thought that potentially I was just a bit of a tomboy then I thought oh maybe I'm non-binary and he was like and seeing you going through this and seeing you kind of like the, the change that you've experienced and then when you've had surgery and I got a little bit jealous and he's like and just watching how you've dealt with things and how your journey has been is has made me realize and it's like that 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 is fine because I like I'll sit and you can come around and have a cup of tea and I'll go yeah. through everything with you and I'll help you and I'll chat to you and I'll prepare you for your therapist appointment like at any of that that's absolutely fine but don't make my coming out about you yeah that's not okay absolutely especially but when it... we work together yeah it's a bit awkward but for the most part it does sound like you know your colleagues in your workplace have been supportive and like really good to you but obviously in your role you also work with the general public as well have you noticed anything with them that's a bit different or yeah no definitely so I work on kennels but we do help out a lot on reception who generally deal with the public so when you walk in our reception it is very clear who the receptionist is she's right in front of you on the main computer and then there is another computer that's almost tucked around the corner so when you're helping on reception, you might sit on that 
that one because it's not the main reception phone so you're not going to be constantly distracted with that phone you can actually help the receptionist doing whatever you need to do whether it's admin or whether it's ringing people you can kind of do it so just help receptionists and not hinder them and you would see guys walk in clock the main receptionist who both are receptionists are female look at me and head straight to me and it's like why <laughs> like she is 100 percent. so the incident that happened it was actually my fiance who still brings it up to this day and when i told her i was doing this podcast she brought it up again <laughs> and i said yes i will mention it <laughs> um it's like she knows a lot more about anything you're asking unless it's about a specific dog then i'm probably going to be the person but then she'll direct you to me whereas i yeah. directed them straight back to her like she's going to be able to help you more than i am by just because i'm a bloke does not mean i can help you anymore and i am not more knowledgeable than her like she is probably 100 percent more knowledgeable and whatever you're about to ask me it's going to be her so I think that is just insane, and it, it happens a few happens a few times, not quite as obvious as that. Um, and then another of the colleagues actually went, "Oh my gosh, this is so mad!" Like watching people clock the two of you and then head towards you. And I think because we are such a predominantly female workspace, we don't see it that much. Where yeah. they'll choose to talk to the men because sometimes they don't have that option. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a little bit insane that some men think that mm, no, I'm going to speak to the man, not 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 the not the little woman behind there. I'm not going to speak to her. She's just a woman, you know. It's it's just insane. Do you know what I feel like? I hear a lot, which I don't. It's not an excuse at all. But I hear a lot of like men say, "Well, since me too, I can't speak to a woman without uh... her reporting me for sexual assault." And I think, mate. Do you really want it? Like, and they, but men don't know they can speak to women anymore. I feel so sorry for these men. And I'm like, mate, I can't even. That is not a thing. Like, it was never. Women just want to be treated with respect. That's literally what it is. They need to be equal. It's not about they're going to report you for sexual harassment if you dare to, if you dare to speak to them. So I think I've seen that as a cover up of behaviour. But I think it was just that way before, and it's because men seem to have more respect for other men than they do women. It's nothing to do with me too. But I, I've heard that time and time again in the past few years that that's, that's the reason why men don't speak to women. Well, I, yeah, I, I was just, has just sparked what something you said, just sparked something. We have an, a new guy in work. I say new guy, he's been about 18 months now. And he is a, he's a right little Mm. Swear <laughs> too much on your podcast. It's alright. We put it as explicit. You can say what you like. <laughs> he's a flat. <laughs> there we go. Now like, I understand what you're talking about. I to the point that uh, one of the women came over and said, "Oh, we're thinking about doing a real morale thing." So we've had a bit of a knack time in work in this last week, and she went, "You know, where we can all just say something we really respect about each other." And I literally went. But I don't have one, or someone where just basically one, one nice thing. You just gotta find one nice thing to say about each other, and I was like, got nothing nice to say about him. And I don't think anybody else has. And she went, oh well, yeah, I did think that, so that's gonna be a problem. So everybody, <laughs> no one likes him. I found out this week, and I'm so angry about it. He actually turned around and said to a female member of staff, and is a friend, which may probably made it a bit worse. You just need to get some dick. And it'll chill you out. <gasps> Shut up. Are you I am lying? so angry about it. 
And it was an, it was another bloke that told me. So he was like, I can't believe he said it. And I was like, so there's two men standing here that think that this is inappropriate. How is uh, things not progressed that yeah, he didn't think he it was appropriate? Like okay. he's he's like four years older than me. So it's not like he's not that it makes it okay, but it's not like he's like a fifty year old man that obviously times are thankfully yeah. changing yeah. on. But he's like he's like thirty three. Like what? What? How is that okay? How is that okay that you've said that to another woman? Like what? That's not okay. But he is also the same guy that came around and said to someone who was reporting something to him because he is in a he's in a different department. So she was reporting something in his department and she wasn't saying, I need help with this. She was just saying, I need to let you know that this has happened today. Yeah. And he turned around to her and said, you just need to gain some confidence. Now, th- now this kid had been with us 12 months. So hadn't isn't experienced in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And is also like 23 to say, there's the 10 year age gap with you and yeah. she wasn't lacking confidence, but you potentially have your shot on her confidence. Yeah. It's and now she doesn't it. exactly and he wouldn't have said it to me. He definitely wouldn't have said it to me. But he wouldn't have said it to any other bloke. And he wouldn't have said it to certain women that had ripped his head off either. But if you wouldn't have said it to a man, you shouldn't have said it. Yeah. Like Yeah. And especially not in a way capacity like anything like that. Like the... Do you need support? fine do you need help fine but not that because she's she's a young girl that came to you because she had to and you've just trashed it and been really misogynistic and really patronizing and just kind of proved that you are a twat have you do you have any tips for people and this is just a a general one for like dealing with challenging behavior like that like in 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 work like how have you like have you worked to sort of like ch- like tackle that channel challenging behavior i think with him because he's just i just can't i just walk away from him when he's saying things that not necessarily sexist because i do i haven't heard him and i, I would like to think that i would pull him but i've not been in the situation so i won't yeah. say i will um but i do think i'd be like mm, no i've walked away from him so many times where it's like you this, this your sense of humor like it's not it's not funny it's not mm. like Mm, it's not appropriate i have walked away from him several times but just call it out especially if you're a bloke call it out if you if someone's being sexist call it out because women calling out isn't going to change a man's perspective it is the men now that have to be like mate that's not okay stop it and then if it carries on you need to take it higher like we try and deal with a lot in like just Mm. not taking it to management um, but there's a time and a place where it needs to go higher. Um, we've got two, fa- we've got a female manager, and a- one of our assistant managers is female. So it's like just call it out, especially now with everything that's going on with these policies where we're trying to change, and with everything that's going on in general about how workplaces are trying to say that they're doing more to stop all this. It yeah. needs needs to be done about it. You know, it's very similar to now with the racism in football that they've turned around and they've gone, well, your fans were racist, so we're shutting. Yeah, you can't come in and watch. It needs things like this need to happen now. So if if there's sex if there's sexist comments in the workplace or there's or there is a misogynistic guy, like do something about it. We yeah. we need to start standing up so to actually stop this inappropriate behaviour because it's it's not okay. Yeah, action matters really, doesn't it? Like actual doing doing something to change it matters. Otherwise, things just stay the same and silent and hidden. And it's hard, isn't it? Like 
it's just advice like you know to anyone who's maybe tried to challenge things and they've not got anywhere with it like just keep pushing and don't be afraid to do what feels right even if it's scary but I also appreciate which we've spoken about before Laura haven't we that like it's difficult in work because like at the end of the day like you're there to get paid and like you know if you live in paycheck paycheck to paycheck like and you've got to pay the bills at the end of the month it's you're in a really tricky situation sometimes between standing up especially if it's someone more senior who's perhaps like in control of your job and stuff like that so like it's really important to seek legal support or um like join a union or stuff like that if you feel like you're not being heard in the workplace so i'll put some um links in the notes below in the podcast for like organizations that you can reach out to um for like topics such as this um so hopefully you'll find that helpful if that's something that you're going through but just like encouragement to everyone to just keep going i think just kind of like to to finish up on then like leading on from that so obviously that that is great advice um shout out to the men to do their bit yeah (laughs) kind of going back to to what i was like we were saying in the conversation earlier like is there any advice that you've got Jason for people who want to be like good allies and good colleagues in this situation you know obviously those of us as well who aren't managers now necessarily but would want to be in the future like what is the the best way to handle this situation like we want to do the best we can and be helpful so you know that's for you to dictate yeah I think from in terms of obviously being like a trans colleague is just there's information out there you know don't go and read JK, but go and read like <laughs> Harry Potter has no authors. No. Um go and like there's Mermaids. Mermaids is a great charity for um trans kids. Go and look at their resources. Go and find trans guys on YouTube. There are some excellent educational YouTubers. So there's Jamie Dodger, um Alex Betty is another trans author. He's he's got a book. He's done a he did do YouTube, doesn't do it as much now. Um uppercase chase he's a canadian youtuber he's absolutely amazing as well um fox fisher is he was in sorry he, he yeah he was in um a trans documentary years ago um called my transsexual summer and um, they do a lot of produ- production stuff so they he does a lot of advocating for trans rights he lives in brighton as well which is obviously amazing and they also do film documentaries do little mini films where they follow trans people over so many years and they do little skits you know of trans um trans people out and about and th- there is a really brilliant one uh, where there's a trans woman the f- and her de- neighbor finds out that they're a trans woman and rips into her is really horrifically transphobic and then she hears though that she's getting abuse from her boyfriend that comes charging in and really like slets rip and it is it's it's a brilliant little mini film yeah. but yeah they have loads of like little mini films out so go and find all this information you know there's there's not too many trans books but they are out there and mm-hmm. um, but there's loads of podcasts and little mini films on youtube and trans guys and non-binary people as well and i'm sure there's trans women out there that are just amazing go and go and look for it you know don't ask your trans person anything about surgeries or different stuff like that go and find it yourself the information is definitely out there but find it from trans people not just some person who's saying they're an ally because sometimes it might be and sometimes they might not be you might say they're an ally but mm, some of the stuff that they come out with might not necessarily be so definitely get it effectively get it from the horse's mouth 
and so go and find the right stuff all right thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of that with us you really really appreciate it um and i mean i've I have learned loads. I've been horrified in certain places. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, like for you personally, and, you, and like you as a friend of ours, I, I am glad that you seem to be getting supported in all the right ways and stuff. So that is fantastic to hear that it does happen. And we can just hope and do our bit that it's going to happen for more people than yeah, not. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been so good to chat and hope everyone takes something away from it, especially because there's been a lot of important stuff said so thanks so much for joining us thanks so much jason for that we also wanted to continue talking about um identity at work from our perspective so we did say bye to jason so we didn't have to listen to us waffle on um but yeah, so identity at work is a really complicated thing obviously as we've just sort of discussed so laura like how have you felt about identity at work like how has your identity work changed over the years like have you had any like big crisis moments where you're like I don't know who I am at work or anything like that like how have you found um like navigating your personal identity in the workplace so for me it's it's gonna go back to mental health we're gonna find out why I went to CBT (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we Um, talk about CBT in every episode bloody hell series two we're back and it's cbt honestly go get help if you need it we totally think it's the best thing ever um but yeah no i think so i touched on it a little bit there when we were chatting to jason um that whole thing of like when you very first start a job that's when that's the moment where you're terrified to admit that you don't know and then you grow into that confidence of doing it um i think so for me personally obviously very different to yourself just in terms of career starts and whatnot but I, I started this job when I was writing my master's dissertation. So I wasn't even fully out of uni yet. I'd had my, my four years of university of like, oh, go find yourself, da, 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 all that kind of stuff. But for me, actually, like, I went off to uni and I learned how to feed myself and like clean myself and <laughs> those sorts of things. Um, and I definitely developed like, confidence in terms of like confidence in my opinion and what matters to me and things like that which was fantastic um but there are just I think it's a whole thing of like your world just gets bigger the older that you get um so it like as much as you know uni was very much significant in the four years that it was and I absolutely made the most of it like I think your your first job out of that and it was also my first time living completely alone which I did for the first three years of of this current role like those sorts of bits where it's it can get really really hard and like um just quite eye-opening because suddenly like the world is literally your oyster and I think that's the thing as well like when you live by yourself don't worry mum and dad I I did look after myself it's fine but theoretically you can go and do anything and there's no one to come home to and know about, like, whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it yeah. you know, as much as it could be isolating, there's also a freedom to it. And it's just trying to balance all that. And then you're suddenly mm. getting this paycheck every month. Like, what do you want to spend that money on? Like, who's going to check? Like, is it you, you know, is it your food bill yeah. that month? Or is it going out instead? Because that's more important. Like, there's little things like that that you just, it's all about the balance, which I know we've said quite a lot. Um Mm. as a key to life but I think for me it definitely gave me like major imposter syndrome like I didn't like I I didn't go for my job because of 
my skill set or because of what the job was I went for my job because it was a grad scheme that was appealing that was settled in an area I wanted to be in at the time and ultimately it wanted Mm -hmm. me and I was coming out of uni and I didn't want to go home and like be in my kid bedroom again because I didn't have an actual job I just wanted to go out and be an adult and do my own thing um so that's Mm -hmm. absolutely what I went and did but then you you drop into this environment and like everyone else knew what they were doing or at least that's how it feels. Like you feel or, like, or they they looked like they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Absolutely. And like my specific roles, I'm in product marketing, but um, product marketing is something that is is an element of marketing that has grown specifically around software. And I was having to apply it to services, which are two very different things. Um, and I didn't know what product marketing was. I didn't know what IT services was, but I had to do this role for this area and they're not a perfect match and they're not supposed to be and it was me doing it like the other product marketers in my team they all did software so we could like chat about stuff and and what have you but like they did it and they do their roles in a different way to me like nobody else in our company does my job and there was little old me just sat there like i'm gonna do this Mm -hmm. though i'm gonna convince you it's the right thing to do as well and it was so overwhelming but then just me quite naturally as a human, like I'm confident and I'm chatty and I'll ask all, I'm like, I don't mind asking questions. I, you know, I want to know about the things. Like I'm interested, like I want to do a good job. It's going to be fine. But I really got to this horrible place of like, almost in every aspect of life is like the face that I would put forward is who I am. But inside I was like so anxious about what I didn't know the mistakes that I'd made and like all this kind of stuff that I just ended up with this huge separation and like I didn't feel I didn't feel good enough to get my promotion I didn't feel Mm -hmm. good enough to get recognition like I didn't it was just really really hard because internally I was like I'm lying to everyone I'm just being messing my way through this like I'm not supposed to be here none of this is true none of this is real and then eventually and I'm like you know major self-esteem issues that connect way outside of work and you know way longer into my Mm -hmm. life than just the past four years but that's where it all really started to come to a head for me and then Mm -hmm. yeah I went and did CBT and I was like actually that whole faking it till you make it thing I was faking nothing like that is who I am I am somebody who's confident I am somebody who's interested I am somebody Mm -hmm. who can crack on with a team but loves their own company and can do her own thing like all those different bits I was always being me I was just never believing in who I am and like bringing all of that together I think then got through it and it's like you know like you say like I was saying to Jason then as well it's that whole bit of what is your character like who are you like that's your identity I don't think it is necessarily I know how much names mean I know how much gender means I know how much heritage means I'm not taking any of that away from it at all but like who you are I think it just transcends those labels I don't know if you relate to any of that or have had like completely different experiences yeah like I mean it's a really interesting thought you say that about like the the like character elements of you and then like the role that you were like the front that you were putting on because when I think about like my last job like (laughs) I don't know I'm sure people relate to this but like 
you know, for like a Teams call or even like a presentation, you know, back in the like the pre-COVID days, like I could walk into a room and I could confidently present and I could know what I was talking about and I could, I could, I could do it all. Do you know what I mean? Like with the lingo and, and all of that. And then like, but, and it's so funny because basically like one of my best friends now, like we obviously used to work together and like, yeah, before she, before we were like friends, like she'd seen me be like that in work like this is the presentation and and then I think she then used to find it so funny when like she knew me because she'd be like but you're not like that it's like she's like you don't really care (laughs) but like you act like you do care it's like I do but you just made me realize that in terms of like my personality I care about doing a good job I care about like communicating well to people and I care about the subject matter when I'm in if it's if it's something that I've been tasked to do, I do care about it because yeah. I'm I'm doing I'm doing my best to do it. But actually, and I think maybe that's sometimes why you can potentially come across a bit fake. And I was never being fake about it. It was just yeah. I was I was using my personality to do what I needed to do to do the role, even if it wasn't a hundred percent me. And I was like at the end of the day, like yeah, oh like what was that or like oh I want to go home or don't want to do it like it's like you can you can be you are the yeah. same person you just have different elements of like who you are but I was it was still my characteristics it was just like the way I had to present myself in that situation but I wasn't not being me because I think at times as well I'm confident and chatty too and that comes across does that make sense 100% it's like yeah in in different situations it's a whole thing like oh I wear different hats or like you know yeah that's how a lot of people describe it isn't it like and I think it is that thing is like you at your core are always you like you just are like Mm. you know I mean you obviously can fake who you are but like be asked like you are always you but different parts of you Mm. are louder in different situations and I think it's that thing of like when you're in work your job comes first. You and I are very much the same on that, aren't we? Like, it's job yeah, first when yeah. you're in the workplace. But then as soon as you're in the pub or you're at home or whatever, it's you first. And that's what switches it up. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because we've spoken about this on, you know, in series one, so we won't touch on it again. But I do some... I feel like, well, actually, I suppose this is a bit of a, a change now, but, like, I did feel like in my previous role that I was less me than I am now. Yeah. Um, now I'm in a new role how do you like that difference like would you do you, I don't know like do you want more of a separate like would you seek to have more of a separation because you like work having a work dress and a home dress or do you like do you feel like it's just easier to have them a bit more similar and it's more relaxed for you so I've actually got quite a good example here so um I spoke about my new job in the introduction so I won't talk about it too much but basically um, so where I work now, like my husband works there too, and we we're not in the same team, like we're not connected in we're not connected in any way. Um but obviously people know that people know that we're married. I never wanted that to like be a thing and I've got a different surname and stuff like that, but people know that we're married and like he's like really like friendly and chatty, so he obviously knows loads of people in the organization. And what happened the other week was I went into the work place after hours because there was an event on that I was attending, not as an employee, as just like a, a normal person. Yeah. Um. So I went, 
and in the car park he, he dropped me off in the car park someone from the office came out and um you know he like introduced me and like she was like oh oh sh- i think no she said actually is this jess and then he was like yeah and then she's like oh it's lovely to meet yeah like blah 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 and i was like i'm in a really weird situation here because like am i speaking to you as like jess and you know me as martin's wife yeah or am i now speaking to you as just the person who I now work with, even though I've never met them before. And I was like, I feel really like my lines have blurred about like how, cause I, like I'm quite, I'm quite a sarcastic person and I like make, you know, I'm quite jokey and oh, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> um, So I was a bit like in my head, literally like how, how like, Sorry, me screens just flashed up something. Like, how how much me do I be? Like, how... Prof- not, and, like, I'm never unprofessional. But, like, what's that line? Yeah. It's like, yes, I'm Jess. And I obviously do have a more professional side to me. So in this moment, I was literally like, am I supposed to be Martin's wife or not? And I think this more plays into the fact that, so for my husband, his job is not, like, in the office and he doesn't work with these people on a day-to-day basis. He's quite pally with them. Yeah, it's not corporate, is it? Yeah, so I just didn't really know what way to be. And that's and that's a weird thing to like figure out is like how how personable do you be with someone? Like, would you be like sock like because if I was just meeting someone as Martin's wife and they didn't know me professionally, then I'd be a bit more chatty with them. You'd just be a knobhead, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, just I would. I'd be dress. like, hey up, hey up. Um and I'd be more like, you know, I'd be a bit more like sassy with them. Whereas like yeah. when you're like meeting them professionally. But, you know, I don't know. It's just like a weird situation to be in. So that's probably a good example for me of like um, that balance of like Jess personality and Jess at work personality, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you know right? Do you find it affects your accent at all? Now, I asked this because... So, I saw this... Oh, I saw this on LinkedIn. Yeah, tag you on it. Um, but, I, saw, I saw the tag. Thanks. Um, but, yeah, like... Because so they had this story on LinkedIn today, which I thought was super appropriate because I knew, obviously, we were going to talk about identity tonight. And it was this thing about um, how people have been discriminated against because of their accents. Because some lord, whatever, his name isn't worth remembering because of this opinion, um, has criticised Alex Scott, who is the latest Football Focus presenter. And also she did like a load of um, Olympics coverage and stuff. Absolutely incredible sports person and journalist. Yeah, he's criticised her because she speaks with a... Well, she speaks with her accent. Um, which isn't, you know, classic. I went to Eton and then Oxford accent. Like, she just speaks how she speaks, like, a bit of a northern accent. Fine, right? Um, and I was like, do you know what, though? I, I've, you know, I've a mongrel of an accent, and I always say this. Like, you can definitely tell that I spend most of my life... <laughs> to be fair, you do, I Laura, really I'm do. sorry. <laughs> like, I, I do feel you can tell I've spent most of my life in Liverpool, but, like, you can also tell that I've spent time away from it. Um, but I do find in different situations my accent does change and like but I thankfully never been outright discriminated for it like you know everyone's made the jokes that they have because everyone thinks they're funny fine whatever we'll move on but like 
no one's ever actually said to me like oh you're scouse but you're you're smart or something whereas i saw a story on linkedin where a woman was like oh yeah well i got told that i was particularly clever and they were surprised because i have a brummy accent and stuff like i've had none of that thankfully because that's horrific but it is a thing definitely like because it's scousers like we talk at the very least even if you don't have the accent you talk very quickly and I noticed, yeah. like, trying to speak, you know, if you're meeting somebody new at work, I would definitely speak in a slightly different way than if I was just meeting, well, if I was meeting a scouser, or if I was meeting somebody not from Liverpool, but in a less worthy way. Like, I think there's levels to whichever effort I make to be understood. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, because obviously you've got, you've lived in other places, but I've only ever worked in the north. Yeah. So I mean, I worked in Manchester for a bit, and you got that. You got the. You know, I wouldn't call it discrimination, but you had the like. You know, and I'm not even going to say banter either because I don't. I think banter is a total. If totally, this is a bit unrelated. But if you read, um, Laura Bates' book Everyday Sexism, she has a part in about what she can't. What like a term for what banter is. So I'm not going to say banter, but there was a bit of back and forth. Um, but. And because I've only probably worked with predominantly, like, northern people. Yeah. Like, it's hard, really, because we're all in the same boat. And you don't even know. Like, I don't even think I sound Scouse. I can't hear Scouse in my own voice. Only occasionally. And I can't really hear Scouse in your voice or someone else that I speak to who is Scouse. Yeah. that's like it's your normal isn't it all the time yeah Yeah, so but it's interesting that you've got that perspective but i imagine if i did work somewhere else i definitely i I imagine i would experience that type of discrimination in some way even if people didn't say it you'd know what they were thinking wouldn't you because there is still that so this isn't a work example but basically um i went on a camp when i was like 14 right me and my best friend and um we were all sharing a room and the camp was in Colwyn Bay and there were six of us in like our dorm and four of these girls were from down south and I don't know where down south because anywhere past Birmingham to me is like the same place um but they wanted to swap room so that we weren't in their room and we didn't know why but then we befriended like what the quieter girl in the group and it's caused that they thought that we were going to rob their stuff. No. Because we were scouts and we were like 14 and we literally didn't, we didn't know them at all. Like we'd not even had a conversation, but obviously they must have took one look at us and heard our voices, probably heard my voice because I was probably the most scouts. And they assumed that I was going to steal the stuff. That's horrific. Like, and that's a bigger thing, isn't it? About like what they've, they, they did not come out the womb, them girls, thinking no. that people from Scouse, Scouse, people Scouse from Land. Liverpool are... Scouse yeah, from Liverpool. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not English, I'm Scouse. Um, like, they've learned that discrimination. Yeah. And they've, I mean, we talk about faith on the podcast, don't we, sometimes? It was a Christian camp. So, That's you know, wild. what, like, what are people teaching whether it's unconscious or not, what are people like showing and that that was something. So I was definitely discriminated against for being scouts. But I can't remember a time in the workplace where I felt like you're discriminating against me because I'm scouts. But as I say, I've only ever worked in the north. Yeah. 
Liverpool, Warrington, Manchester. Yeah. No, like I <laughs> represent. Um, yeah, like I, I haven't really, like I said, I haven't really had it at work. Like people will make, make the joke, whatever, and I'll just like roll my eyes and like go along with it and the sarcastic humour that I do yeah, on most things. Yeah. Like it is what it is at the end of the day. If like the only thing that people can pick on you for is the most obvious thing about you, then they don't know you. Yeah. And like, I don't really yeah. care at that point. Like, it's funny you bring up that example, though. So the only sort of similar one that I've ever really had is um, when I first went to uni. So there was a flat of, like, five. So I went to Keele University, which is in Staffordshire. So it's the Midlands. Um, so you've got your proper mix of, like, north and south. And mm. the the guy in the room next to me came out first, like, first day, you know, when you're, like, meeting everybody and stuff. Mm. Um, and he was like, oh, where are you from? And, I, and at this point, I'd only lived in Liverpool, so my accent was definitely stronger. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. from Liverpool. And he's like, oh, my mum told me to stay away from them. Shut up, really? <laughs> he was from, like, Cheltenham or something. In fact, you know what? Oh. He was from he was from down the road from, like, um, Fred West's house. And I was like, I think there's more problems on where you've come from than where <laughs> I've come from. <laughs> it's crazy, that, isn't it, to think that, like you know, however many, what was that, 2013? Like, even then... Well like we've And it was only because I went. I went to... We did we did leave school at the same time, Laura, so that's why I know it was 2013. Um, I didn't do the quick math. I, I, literally, I literally just knew in advance, sorry. Um, it's funny that, isn't it? Like, because you think, you know, people going to uni... Um, oh, like now, because it's September, and People yeah. going to uni this year. Oh, if you are going to uni this year and you're listening, let us know what your experience is. If, you know, depends on your accent and where you're going. Um, but yeah, like, it's just funny, isn't it? Because I reckon that still goes on. Like, people say, oh, you know, like, don't do that. Like, um, this person's from there. Like, don't... And, and it comes back to what we've just said. Instead of focusing on the people... We focus on like things that we can see about them or hear about them and we don't take yeah. enough of a chance to get to know them because there's there's good people, I'm doing air quotations, there's good people everywhere and there's bad people everywhere and someone's Absolutely. like place or, you know, what they look like, it doesn't really mean it doesn't really mean anything, does it? But to go out on a positive discrimination, because we do like to end on a good note. I once read an article that said on Take Me Out, statistically, you're most likely to get a date if you're Scouse or Geordie and wearing a red dress. Yeah, so that that is like a nice positive note to end on, isn't it, in terms of like positive discrimination. Um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to speak about identity tonight was, so as I mentioned in the like catch up at the beginning, so um, obviously my nan passed away recently and at the time I was five weeks into a new job. And I had to take time off and like it was like I had like a bit of an not I wouldn't say like an identity crisis, but I felt really uncomfortable about the fact that I had to take the time off work because like no one knew me and I didn't have a reputation. Um, and obviously if you've listened before, you'll know. So I lost my mum when I was a child and like my nan was my mum's mum. So the relationship was maybe with my nan was maybe a bit more well it was more than you probably have with like you, your grandparents if you had both your parents for example or you know uh, another situation um 
So, and I felt like people would, no one ever said this and they probably won't and I was just prejudging myself, but I felt like people would be like, oh my gosh, is that girl having time off? Like, about a nine, like, oh my gosh, like, is it, you know, is a pet hamster going to die and she's going to need a fortnight off? Like, do you know what I mean? She's got to cut a finger and need to go to hospital for a week. And I was just like judging myself with that. But like, I knew, like, obviously I knew that my nan was going to die at some point and I knew it was always a risk to take a new job. But, like, when I left my old job, I got, like, a like a kudos board and, you know, because um, obviously still, like, working, like, online, like, people yeah. couldn't sign the card the way that they used to. So I had this board and it had so many lovely messages on and I'm not trying to blow me own trumpet, but I was, like, really astounded and it, it showed me, like the work that I'd done like and I mean personally as well and like as a person and I felt like I was in really good stead there that if I'd have needed time off then no one would have battered an eyelid as such because they knew that I did good work and I worked hard and I cared about what I was doing whereas when you go somewhere and you've been there five weeks and you're taking you know quite a bit of time off for like a grandparent I kind of just felt like people were gonna think oh my gosh, like, who's this girl? Like, we've hired this person. And then five weeks in, like, you know, I bet you she's shit, like, yeah. whatever. And I'm I'm sure, I'm sure no one was thinking that. And no one's, well, no one said that to me. And my, like, my managers were, re- like, incredibly supportive. They couldn't have been more supportive. Yeah. And I genuinely don't think that they actually felt that. But I feel like for me, so much of my identity is being wrapped up in being a, a good person and a hard working person yeah. and someone who you know you can rely on and all of that. That when you haven't got that, like, and you can't make, you haven't got a reputation and good impressions to fall back on, it does just make you think, like, oh shit. Do you know what I mean? That's what I've really struggled with recently. No, and like, it is so unfortunate that you have to, you, you've thought like that going through what you have done, which has been awful, but it makes sense as, as well. And because I think as well, a lot of it comes from the fact that when you can't build your work environment in the way that you can your home environment. So like, if you had somebody who said that they were your friend, but then turned around to you and said, can you stop crying over your nan? It's been day, like, day three. You'd be like, you're not my mate, go away. Yeah. And wouldn't have anything to do with them. And you can hold that high standard and have only the good people around you. But then when it comes to work, you don't get that say. And as much as you might want to be like, we go away then because how can you not be more compassionate? How can you be having a go at me during this really difficult time? Ultimately, you've got to work for them for as long as you both work in the same place. And that is what it is. Exactly. And like at the end of the day, like, you know, I see so much on like social media about like quit your job, like don't have any backup plans. Like and I see a lot about like your mental health is more important than a job will ever be. And yet that's true. But at the end of the day, girl, I've got a mortgage to pay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can't just leave my job willy nilly because like someone's being a bit offensive to me or disrespectful yeah I can go and look for another job or another form of employment or whatever but I can't just like leave me job so the reality of it is you can't just like well I can't personally up sticks every time so you do have to sort of just like get on with it don't you really and that is so true like you can and because I'm a people pleaser though if they'd have literally honestly if they'd have said to me which I don't think I never would have oh that's great you can have one day and then you're back in work the next day. I'd have said, yeah, okay, fine, I'll do that. And I'd have sat at my computer and I'm trying, I'm learning to be less of a people pleaser, but I know that I would have done that because yeah. I obviously care so much about my own 
like workplace reputation as well that I'd be like yeah fine like I'm gonna be you know a good employee and like being a good person is be is more important than being a good employee you can be both but it's about learning that isn't it that like you know someone that you love isn't gonna die every day so people yeah. aren't expecting you to like be in that frame of mind for like the rest of your life and as long as you like prove it when you come back hopefully like you've got a good reputation i don't know but yeah now i have absolutely zero doubt that you will always be sound improving yourself as a good worker whatever time you need off let's hope hey eh? let's hope <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you know brilliant there to hear from jason we're both very very grateful for it um and i really hope that conversation has been helpful for those of you listening as always reach out to us if you've got any comments on it or want to share your experiences we always want to hear about them um and so for this week we are going to finish on our like affirmation statement quote whatever you want to call it classic way of ending the podcast um and I I had a look into it this week and, and have tried to stick to our identity theme. And I found a really good quote, actually, um, from Steve Jobs, who was the brain behind Apple. Um, and he said, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. And I think that's absolutely bang on to everything that we've been saying. You know, we're all individuals. We're all supposed to be individuals. We're all supposed to be ourselves. And that's all that the world can ever truly ask of us. So you do you, hon. I'll do me. And we'll all have a nice time. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a similar quote by, is it St. Catherine of Siena that says, like, be who you're meant to be and you'll set the whole world on fire. Ooh. Yeah. And it's just true, isn't it? Like in every area of life, if we just be who we are meant to be, like we'll we'll just we'll reach more people. And people talk about like becoming the best version of myself, and then they like you know do yoga and they drink smoothies and they lose weight and they think that that's the true like being the best version of myself. But really, it's just being about the most authentic version of you that people connect with and being vulnerable and being open to what will be in the world for you. So yeah, it's been a great first episode back, I think. Um, let us know. I've had a nice time. I've had a nice time. <laughs> um, and you know, I know, I know people listen to us, so don't like not reply on Instagram stories when I put a poll up, and you don't reply, people, because I know you're listening. Um, we can see the we can see the viewing numbers. You know, we're not soft. Um, and I mean that of the podcast, not Instagram stories. Um. But yeah, great first episode back. We look forward to being with you again soon. 
Thanks so much. Follow us on Instagram. Write us a review. Blah, 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 blah. Have a good week. <laughs> Have a fantastic week. Thank you all so much. And we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. And thanks to Evan Digital for the production of this podcast.